This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. The scripture this morning is from Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So, Ralph, don't go too far. I'm going to invite you and Gert to come on. Go ahead and come on up. And uh, Scott and uh, Terry. Scott Swanberg, Terry Reynolds. Yeah. You guys want to come up on the platform? So, how many people, I'm not going to show their hands. People don't like to show their hands. We don't like to commit, do we? So, several of you were here last week and got to hear Stephanie Stockhouse, who has been a long-time member of our church. Um, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. Just relax. So, um, she shared what we're calling our biblical story. And um, as we are in a church, we're in a process called the Vitality pathway. And I'm becoming aware, actually, that some people are like, what is that? And and maybe even have a negative reaction to it. It's really a way for us to church, as a church, to stop, take stock, so that we can step out. That's all it is. Stop, take stock, and step out. So, as part of that, one of the ways that we can take stock so that we can step out is identify a, a, a narrative in the Bible that that we can see ourselves in a little bit, so that there's points of reference, and uh, we can realize that where we're at, maybe sometimes in our own story, and what so what what can we learn about how we're supposed to respond? And I was thrilled the day that Stephanie uh, was able to share. Well, this is what we came up with, and and she shared about how the team. There's a team of people who is like, what's 
They were trying to discern together, what's our biblical story? What's the narrative that God would want to use to speak to us as Community Covenant Church about who we are and where we're going? And I was so thrilled that they came up with the story that you heard Ralph uh, just just say so so well, and that uh, Stephanie Stockhouse last week spoke about. So this week what we want to do is give some folks an opportunity to share their experience of Community Covenant Church in that story. And so for the sake of uh, just a way to frame it, I'm going to get my notes here and my clicker. By the way, Larry, I, I got my own clicker. You don't have to click for me. Oh, he's giving me the thumbs up. He's happy with me. So it's just a way to frame the story. I just, as a way to talk about it. At the very beginning of the story, Jesus, it says, Jesus very specifically, immediately, he sent his disciples out. So they went out. And then storms arise, and then suddenly in the midst of the wind and the waves, Jesus shows up in an unexpected way. And then he invites Peter at some point to step out of the boat. And so part of the questions I'm going to be asking a few and interviewing a few people, not just uh, the folks I have on the platform behind me, but I'm going to invite them to share kind of in those those areas. But these folks I have on the stage behind me, this is Ralph and Gert Fondell, Terry Reynolds, and Scott Swanberg. They were, they were here at the beginning. Yeah? Okay? And so... Um, one of the questions I would love to ask you guys and have you respond is uh, just simply, why Community Covenant Church? So why and how it got started, if you want to tell just a little bit of that story. Anyone? Terry, I see your hand. Thank you. <laughs> there were a group of us back in the, uh, I guess it started really in the late 1980s that we were attending church elsewhere. I know Ralph and Gert were going into a First Covenant in Anchorage, and Linda and I and some of us were driving to Wasilla to uh, the Matsu Covenant Church. And we were we were having kind of a, a home fellowship meeting uh, on Sunday evenings. We took turns in different living rooms. And I think all of us really wanted a church here in Eagle River. One, uh, you know, we were driving 25 miles each way. And, you know, there are occasional Sundays where there's snow. And uh, the trip to the valley was a little slippery. But to just have a church here in Eagle River where we could uh, fellowship together and uh, instead of uh, making the long trip. Grab this microphone. Right. Why don't you give the microphone to Scott? Hey, Scott, tell us about how you and Pam. So this is Scott Swanberg. His wife's Pam, who uh, works back with our children and has been working here for a long time. So t- tell us about how you came up here, and maybe you could talk, just share a little bit about the Pearsons and their involvement with that. So the um, the fellowship group started meeting, in, I believe, in June of ninety three, nineteen ninety three. Pam and I came up and started in November of ninety three to help the group. Uh, develop um, and it had been uh, uh, Hank Pearson was the field director for the Covenant Alaska at the time and they, they had a vision to help uh, develop a church and, and that the church that developed here would help the churches out in the bush and help support the village churches in many ways we have quite a few out in the Norton Sound area so that was part of the vision was to help Help the uh, the bush churches and and just uh, and we are you know the one of the biggest uh, supporter as far as the ECAC budget goes I believe so we we do send a lot of money to them to help them uh, but, but 
Pam and I came up to just help get it uh, going to the next level. So for about a year, we met at homes. And then for about a year, we met in the old Episcopal Church uh, before it was rebuilt. And that was still Sunday evenings. Mm. No, we... <laughs> the old one, uh, they were they were <clears throat> going to renovate and it burned down, so they have a brand new one now. So yeah, you mentioned um, Hank was our field director. Uh, many of you know who Curtis Ivanoff is. He's currently serving as our field director. But the field director helps give... Uh, guidance, direction, and helps pull together um, all the covenant churches in Alaska. The covenant denomination was started, I think, in 1885, I want to say. And one year later, so these were Swedish immigrants. One year later, they sent missionaries to Alaska. So Alaska has had a, a mission work almost since the very, very beginning of the denomination, and if, when Curtis was here, he shared some of his story because it was his grandfather who helped the early some of the early missionaries as a translator and who became a Christian. And so it's been neat to see the progression. And now Curtis Ivanoff uh, is is our field director and soon to be our superintendent as our conference as our field takes the next step in our development. So I'm excited to hear about that. But. Uh, you mentioned Hank Pearson, or I'm sorry, yeah, Hank Pearson, who was our field director. And um, I heard this in the story, and I was really excited to hear this, that Hank really had, and Lil was just sharing me with me again this morning, a real vision that, that there was supposed to be a church in Eagle River, and that it was part of seeing the mission in Alaska move forward. And uh, we've had the great opportunity to be a part of that through our history and the support that we've given. And personally, one of the things I'm, I'm hoping that we continue to grow is not just in sharing resources, but sharing our lives and so developing more relationships. And that's been cool to see the Elam trips that have gone out um, the last several summers. We've, we've had teams that our drummer, like Curtis, he's been going now several years as we do VBS in Elam. And we've had a group that goes up and helps at uh, KICY. Uh, Ralph and Gert, Served at KICY Radio in Nome, as well as Terry Reynolds um, for for a long time. And so, um, so in in light of the question that I asked a little bit ago, because uh, you guys had to make a transition at some point, right, from meeting in homes to going to church, and perhaps you know in that paradigm I shared at the beginning with, with going out, you know, and facing some waves and winds and stuff like that. I imagine there were some choices. Maybe some hard choices and sacrifices you had to make. Would one of you be willing to talk about that? It, it was a hard choice. Now, we had been planning to uh, have a church here in Eagle River, and we'd call Pastor Mark and Patty, uh, Mark Meredith, to come up and be our pastor. And they came in the spring, and we had decided, and I think it was September, that we would move to the Greeny Middle School and start morning worship services. And everybody's excited about that, but we were all still attending our own local churches uh, in the morning and having the uh, uh, the evening services up at the Episcopal Church. Well, as it was growing closer, Pastor Mark talked to each of us, and there were, I think, probably 40 or 45 of us at the time, about the fact we were going to have to either choose to stay at our old church or come to the Eagle River Church, but we were going to have to make a choice. And as it got closer, that choice got harder. And it's kind of like we've all moved, and you're all excited about maybe moving to Alaska or someplace until 
you know, the the moving truck shows up and you're having to say goodbye to your friends and things like that. It was a difficult choice. And I had been struggling with what to do. We really liked the Matsu Covenant Church and Pastor Doms and Linda was on the leadership team out there, council, whatever uh, name it had at that time. And then uh, kids were involved in youth activities. So it was a hard choice. And I was really struggling with what, to, where to take my family and what to do. Because when you go to a new church plant, there's no guarantees. There are, you know, unfortunately, there are church plants that fail. And there are... Uh, the, a new little church doesn't have the facilities and the, the people to, you know, youth groups and things like that that you want for your family. And it was the last Sunday that we were at Matsu Covenant. Uh, the next Sunday was going to be the, the first worship service for Community Covenant over at Greening. And I was still uneasy about what to do. And if you know Pastor Dave Doms, uh, you can see how this is going to go down because he's involved in this. And I was, uh, the, the service was over and I was headed toward the door and, you know, still kind of wondering. And Pastor Dave, being Pastor Dave, comes up and puts his arm around me, didn't give me a chance to say anything and says, Terry, um, we're going to miss you out here at Matsu Covenant Church, but we know you and your family will be a blessing to the new church in Eagle River and you need to go in peace. And so the next Sunday we were here at Eagle River. Uh, that's <laughs> that's how we pastors get people out of our church. I'm just yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd actually voted on that. <laughs> it was unanimous too. But uh, you know, it was difficult. And uh, you know, uh, even though we we wanted to have a church here in Eagle River, it's tough to say goodbye. Very good. I, w- I would like to give uh, either Ralph or Gert an opportunity to share kind of where you guys were at, at the time and, and what that decision and what that looked like for you guys. So if you want to take the microphone, Gert, right there, or either you or Ralph can speak to that. So uh, We were at First Covenant, going to First Covenant. The fact is I was chairman of the church, uh, First Covenant Church in Anchorage. And so it was a difficult decision to make. Uh, what are we going to do? We lived in Eagle River, and uh, naturally we wanted to see a church here. And so uh, we did that. Well, I, I saw the previous slide where uh, that was early on, and we, that night that we met, we chartered, or didn't chart, but we began Faith Covenant Church. and uh, And then... Ralph, we decided we are not charter members of this church. We were in it from the very, very beginning, but when they moved to the morning service at uh, Groening, why we decided, Ralph decided that he was chairman and he would fulfill his obligation. So we came in here two years after that, but every fellowship and all. And I do want to say here, uh, the Bruckners were in on this too. Early, I put that picture back up there. You can see, uh, I think Ralph, I can't see it back there. I don't know if uh Don, I don't know if they were there, but this one. Hey, Larry, stop fighting with me. I'm just joking. Okay. They were. See, Ralph's on the far right over there. Um, Gert, are you in that picture? I'm not sure if you are. I think I took it. Oh. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was standing okay. in our balcony. Okay, and you can see you can see Scott in the back corner there. Scott yeah, and, and, and Pam Terry is right in front. Terry's Terry's the guy that's right next to Ralph there, off to and the right. And the Odals. So, yeah. And the Odals were there, and, and Dave that looks and like uh, um, Ben uh, Martha Schaffman's parents. Is that Martha Schaffman? Yes. And then yeah. uh, Dave and Carolyn Lundberg. Yeah, they're still and in our I church. And I remember when Carolyn came uh, and Dave with their two little kids, they said, we are not going to go either way to go to church. Uh, I mean, they felt they wanted something for their kids. And then, too, I, I jump around, but I must give Pam Swanberg credit. Pam and and uh, Scott. Scott, yeah. Uh, Pam, they came and at the uh, uh, church, the other church, Episcopal Church. Yeah, I'm getting old. The Episcopal Church. Yeah. Um, then the first thing, Pam played the organ. Scott kind of, uh, he didn't preach all the time, but he got the speakers. And, but they worked and Pam started a children's ministry. And she's still in it today. But Pam Swanberg started that. And if it hadn't been for that, then people started coming. And some of the people from the village, like the, um, uh, Ruth and and Bill and and uh, some from here in town started coming, and one of the big reasons was the children's ministry, and that's been strong ever since. But do, it goes back to the Bruckners, Eunice and uh, and Danya, and uh, in these prayer meetings we would have singing. First, we got together for him sings. That's what we started out as. And then the burden grew greater, and uh, in time, the church developed. Well, I appreciate your guys' stories because uh, um, I, I wanted to sort of highlight that sometimes to belong, there's choices you have to make. And what's kind of cool, but Ralph, about your story is is that you had made a commitment at First Cove, and you stayed there. And then you came, and so uh, thank you guys for your belonging and your commitment. Now, last question I have for you is, so when you started off and you imagined what Community Covenant would become and be, how is it the same or different than your expectations? Well, I, I, I never thought that it would grow like it did. It, it really grew quite quickly. And uh, we started having neighbors that would come and uh, uh, friends of ours. And then people coming in from the villages, they would come over to our church because they knew about us from up north. And uh, it uh, really took off. And so we pretty much played the music this morning that you guys probably did that first Sunday when you met. Is that right? I mean, same, same, same music as... Yeah. The original uh, worship team, when we were meeting at homes, Carolyn Lundberg would bring her violin, and I'd bring my guitar, and it was uh, it was hymns. It was you know, hymns. I I heard that even early on that Community Covenant Church was known as the Rock and Roll Church. Yeah, we were. Of, yeah. <laughs> hey, before you guys go, I do want I, I would like uh, 
for Hank and Lil Pearson. If you guys would stand. This is Hank and Lil over here. They've... Thank you guys for responding to the call of God. And uh, because of your faithfulness and the faithfulness of, of you guys, um, the Church of Jesus Christ here at Community Covenant Church has impacted literally thousands of lives over the years. So thank you so much. And uh, so give them one more hand and I'll let you guys go back to your seat. So I'm going to uh, gonna see where I'm at with my slides here. You can see there, this is, I think this is the, within a first year or two, uh, slide behind me when they were at Gruning and this picture I had up before of the pickup truck, that's, that's church in a box. So you show up and you unpack and you put everything up and I had some other pictures of them setting up, but it took quite a crew every Sunday morning. One of the beautiful things about a new church is there's such a sense of urgency, like if we don't all pitch in, it's not going to happen because it requires uh, setting up every week. And as somebody who's been involved in church plants before, I used to know other pastors who were involved, and they would talk about how difficult it is every week to set up. And yet what I saw from a distance a little bit too is just the mobilization of so many people who were involved in making the church happen. Because when you're when you're first starting off, it's like if if people don't show up, if God doesn't show up, we may not exist a week from now. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a it's a very thrilling kind of experience. Uh, I wasn't a part of here that this one, but anyway. All right. Hey, I want to jump ahead a little bit and um, to that the whole idea of. Peter being invited to step out of the boat. I'm going to invite Marcy Bistadu to come on up. Marcy, I'm going to I'm going to let you because I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to let you share some of the things that you're doing uh, currently, and then um, maybe just tell us a little bit about your family, and then then I'll do a follow up question. Why don't you come up here next to me here? So, all right. oh, she brought notes. Great. <laughs> so you can just introduce yourself. You don't need to look at your notes for okay. that. Okay. okay. I'm Marcy Bistadu. My husband Brad and I uh, returned here almost three years ago. After six years away, uh, we were here first active duty in the military, left for two assignments, and then he retired and we moved back. About, do you want me to go on? Sure. About a year ago, I was kind of looking for the next thing. I'd been working with some different ministries here at church, and I met Pastor Erica right as she was organizing a mission team to kind of re-examine the way the church was going about Um, doing missions and stewarding the resources that the church had for missions. And um, we started, well, we did a study called When Helping Hurts that was really eye-opening, and it compelled all of us to start looking at what we're doing. It is easy to collect money and things and give them away. Um, It's harder to get involved with people. But we were realizing that that's what we were called to do, to start in relationship. You kind of alluded to that earlier, that um, walking with people as they become the people that God intends them to be is hard work, and it's messy, and it's not um, measurable and often not reportable to come back and say we made 
500 sandwiches at the soup kitchen is really fun and it sounds good, but to say I went to Mexico and um, prayed with one little girl at an orphanage, um, it's it's not as impactful, but in the long run, it, it that's what we're being called to do. And so you've already alluded to this just a little bit, but... Um, from your perspective, right? So how how might be God how might God be calling us to step out of the boat as a community of faith or for you individually? I mean, where do you feel challenged? So either one or both of those questions. It well, like I said, just the being vulnerable, being open to forming those relationships. Um, Specifically, a, a really good example of this is you might have seen on the news that the downtown soup kitchen is kind of expanding into being a shelter. They're going to be opening up the dining room of the soup kitchen to overflow um, shelter from Brother Francis um, to women to move in there overnight. And there's a ministry here in the church that had some extra funding that they were looking for a place for it. And um, Erica and I met with them and talked to them about this project and the request that we had gotten for money. Um, and their response was, absolutely perfect. These women said, yes, we want to give money, but how can we help? What else can we do? And so that, this is not a shameless plug for volunteers, but, <laughs> but not sh- um, it is a plug, but just not a shameless not a sh- one. All right. <laughs> um, we are, you're going to be hearing more about this. We're going to be going down there and spending the night. Um, a few times a month, we're going to be looking for people that are willing to go down and form relationships with the women in the shelter and hold Bible studies and book studies. And um, and ultimately, the, the guy who's coordinating this said he would love to see it develop into a mentorship program. That is walking with people and helping them develop, not just delivering food and shelter, which is also important, but doing it with the love of God so that they can become the people he intends them to be. I don't, I don't think you're going to have any problems getting volunteers because this church loves to go camping. I know, oh. just uh, <laughs> This is just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Anything else? Can I say one other thing? Please. Um, one thing, and, and I only have a minor in theology, so um, uh, one thing that uh, surprised me when I was reading over this scripture is that Jesus didn't invite Peter out of the boat. He didn't coerce him out of the boat. He didn't push him to get out of the boat. Peter asked, can I come to you? And that really spoke to me that I feel like for me in getting involved with the mission team, I was asking, where can you use me? And I'll speak for the whole mission team and say, I think that's what we've all been asking. And I wonder if that's not what the whole church is asking right now, is how how can we join you in the work you're already doing? Excellent point. I actually thought about that. What, yeah, when I said the invitation, because, but what's beautiful about that is the way Jesus responds, right? Because sometimes when we ask somebody who, right, is powerful and whatever, we're not, we can, it can feel scary to ask, right? But what does Jesus say? He says, come, come on out. So he, he invites him to step out of the boat. So using both of those, that's a beautiful image. Thank you so much, Marcy. And I didn't put a picture of you up mostly because uh, I had a picture from you. I think Madeline or Kat, Catherine must have been about this oh. tall. But uh, you. your husband, he he looked had a funny look on his face, and I I didn't want to make him look bad in front of everybody. So <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Thank you so much. So I'm going to invite uh, Robert Schnell up. I see you around here. There he is. So Robert's been around here for a little while. In fact, Robert, maybe you can tell me a few of the people that are, oh, that's that's their church there as it was going up. Somebody had some vision there, huh? I have a couple. Of, can you tell me about any of those people right there? I have not seen this picture before. That's me on the left. <laughs> yeah. How many years ago is that? Here, let me give you this other microphone. Taylor has hair. Um, <laughs> wow, that's over 10. That's going to be 12 years ago. There you go. Freshman in high school. Okay. So let me pose the same question to you that I asked Marcy, and that is, you know, for you personally, from your perspective, where do you sense God... Um, waiting for you to ask, but uh, thank you, Mercy. But also inviting you to step out of the boat, um, or maybe our church to step out of the boat. So, your, what's your experience? So, I kind of have uh, two to that. Um, about in what September, October timeframe, Krista, Abby, and I were meeting about starting like a young adult group, and it's been one of those back and forth things. Like it's been tried time and time again here at this church, and you know, so we kind of. It was kind of stepping out of the boat saying, well, we kind of really need something. And it just kind of came to this point where it was like, well, when are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? And then I finally just said, well, next week we'll do it. And we just kind of started meeting out people. And we had like 18 or 20 people for like our first meeting. Right? Krista? Yeah? Okay. (laughs) Something like that. And um, so that was really stepping out on the boat, I think, of starting a faith community. And we've now got that to be regular now that we have Mike Alfred's on board. And... That's we meet every Tuesday at my house at seven o'clock and we do a Bible study, and that's been an act of faith. But recently, so that was a couple months ago, and then kind of investing into that community, but also then calling on that community. So this last week, I had one of the guys. Um, I had just a, a really stressful day at work, and I just really needed to kind of vent and just kind of reach out to someone. And I kind of stepped out and saying, "Well, I'm going to act out on this community that we're investing into," and just kind of ask like, "Hey, Eric, do you want to meet?" And, uh, get dinner and hang out, and he uh, was like, "Yeah, sure." And we did. We did, and that was that was huge because I'm not one to really ask for help a lot, and that was um, a really cool way of, I guess, kind of responding to that. And then, as far as a community here, at this church, I think uh, God's really put on my heart the idea of investing. Uh, so whether it's our, and I'm not saying money, but like our time and our talents, because um, we have this opportunity to really invest into our community, and I've. We kind of joked when we started the young adult group that we'd put the community back in community coming to church. Sorry. Um, so that was kind of a running joke that we had. I'm hurt. Go ahead. <laughs> Initially, and but it's the idea of us all investing into the community that we're a part of, and that's I've developed a lot of close friendships and continue to grow close friendships. So that's really where um, I think God is really calling us to step out as we kind of do go through this vitality process, but also... Um, just taking the risk of uh, reaching out to someone or, or investing into something that you're interested in. I think that's kind of where God's put on my heart. If I could highlight something you said, because I feel like um, I'm a rec- I'm a recovering uh, uh, American culture uh, person in the sense that um, you know I think we really are hardwired to want to be in relationship, but a lot of times we don't know how or a lot of things that we do don't lend themselves to entering into deep relationship and and sometimes when we when we are called to uh go deeper in relationship what we think is that we have to be the strong person reaching out to somebody right and 
part of what your story, if I understood right, is that you just you didn't need somebody to touch bases with you a little bit, and so you're willing to say, "Hey, would you?" Right. With- yeah, and um, and 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 my faith story too. The I've grown the most when I've been my weakest, but I've also grown the most when I've stepped out and just said, "Yes, I'm open to the opportunity to do whatever it is, and volunteer with youth ministry or be part of the young adult group." And um, that's where God's met me is when I've stepped out and into kind of an unknown territory of because I mean I'm not a natural leader. I'm not a, someone who has it all figured out by any means. So that's that's where God's grown me the most. Is that kind of makes sense? Robert, thank you so much for sharing. Would you just thank Robert? What I would like to lead us in a word of prayer. And uh, just to thank God. We started the service today talking about God's goodness. God has been very good to this faith community over the years. And so i just like to offer up a prayer of thanksgiving. And I'm going to invite the team up and just make a couple more points. So let's let's pray together. Father in heaven, we're reminded this morning that uh, although we use the language of our church, this is really your church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. So we thank you for um, calling people out. We thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you for how you continue to work. And um, Lord, as we pursue you, as we learn what it means to be community Uh, Would you use us to impact the world, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to invite the team on up. In just a few minutes, we're going to be saying together the Lord's Prayer. And I wanted to put something up here on the screen for us. You know, uh, this phrase, it's just really hit me recently. And, you know, it starts off, My Father who art in heaven, goes on from there. And then there's this phrase in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And one of the things that struck me about that is that I'm honestly a lot of times consumed with my kingdom and my will. This is a bold prayer that Jesus invites us to pray. That we become convinced that Jesus in his goodness and his grace, that his ways and his story is bigger and it's better than my story. And so when I pray that, when I pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it means, God, I want to be a part of your story, not just, Lord, would you please bless my story. There's a difference. Can you sense the difference in that? Lord, I want to be a part of your story because as I see you in your beauty, your majesty and power, and as I see the change you want to bring in my heart and and in my world around me, I want to be a part of that. So um, we're coming up here next next week is our service of dedication. We've been talking about it. And again, I, I think it's real easy because of some of maybe the language or whatever to kind of feel like this is a program that we're doing in the church and that you have to mark in, am I in or am I out? But really what it's about is how can we as a church take stock personally? How can we take stock and how, how is God calling each of us to step out? That's really what it is. In pursuing Christ as a community of faith for what God is doing in the world. And so next week as we come together, um, it's not about, 
you have to sign up for this Bible study and you have to do this, you have to do that. The invitation for us is all just to say, God, how are you calling me personally to be a part of community, to belong, to make choices for how I spend my life? How are you calling me? And maybe it's in my weakness I reach out. Maybe it's I go camp out at uh, the food pantry or the, the food the shelter place in Anchorage. And so the invitation is for you just to respond to God's calling on your life and what it means to belong to community and what it means to be a part of what God is doing in the world. As part of that, we've been... Uh, wanting to do a prayer vigil and our prayer team has put that together my understanding is there's only a few slots left so it starts on a saturday morning early and it goes through sunday at nine before our service just that god would prepare our hearts to hear from him as individuals and uh, they'll be out in the welcome area after the service and if you'd like to get your name in there like i said there's only a few slots left Um, but i'm looking forward to the service dedication i'm inviting god to speak to me and I want to encourage you to invite God to speak to you as well. I think that's my last slide. And so I'm going to invite us to stand and let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Sorry, I'm multitasking here. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.